Hi, everyone, and welcome to this marketing show. Our topic today is how to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. And our guest is the one and only Joey Davenport. Joey is the president of Hoopus Performance Network, which is a world-class learning platform designed to support firms and companies in the financial industry reach their potential. Joey has over 20 years experience in the financial services industry as a top producer, a manager, a master coach, He's also the author of the number one best-selling book called The Power of Coaching, Engaging Excellence in Others. And I've been very fortunate enough to work with you, Joey. Um, we've had the opportunity to collaborate in my career. So I wanted to have you on to share some of your expertise with our audience. So welcome and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Cheryl. It's great to be with you. Some of the topics we're going to talk about today are things like the art of collaborative discovery, what that means, and something that you discussed in a recent article that you wrote called the soft skills gap. But before we do that, I want you to introduce our audience a little bit more to what Hoopus Performance Network does and is continuing to do for advisors and managers everywhere. Yeah, so uh, Hoopus Performance Network, affectionately known as HPN, we're based out of Chicago here. Um, I co-created uh, the company with uh, Harry Hoopus, who's my business partner, who's a legend um, in the insurance and financial services space. And basically, we provide um, advisor development and leadership development resources, uh, most commonly like digital learning. So we have a platform called the HPN University. There's 50,000 subscribers. Uh, we're in 25 different countries. Uh, with that platform. I have a platform called Trustworthy Selling that we developed with an industry association, LIMRA. That's a sales effectiveness program, um, about 20,000 graduates, a number of different languages. And, and so really working primarily in financial services space, although we're starting to do some things um, outside of the industry, just because there's a big need for uh, sales effectiveness or sales enablement just in, in a lot of different verticals. So it's been great, uh, about 15 people, and uh, we've been around about, uh, about 12 years. So I uh, have a lot of fun with it. And, and you mentioned, you know, you're, you're sort of getting out of, of, you know, just being exclusive to the financial industry. But even though that's where your experience is, everything that we talk about today really can be applied to anybody anywhere in, in the sales force. And something that you speak a lot about is something called the art of collaborative discovery. So I want to start there and I want to ask you, what did that involve and what does that mean? Yeah, so anyone that's in a sales role, they might call this the discovery process. Most people call it fact finding. And I always say fact finding is what you do to someone and collaborative discovery is what you do with someone. And that's a big, big difference. So a lot of people, when they get into fact finding, um, it would be name, rank, serial number. They get the fact facts that just touches on the surface. But the fact of the matter is you've got to peel the onion back and get beneath the surface. One, that differentiates you um, from other sales professionals out there and people recognize differences, not similarities, right? And so um, if I'm asking questions that are digging deeper, and, and I think later we're going to talk about a, the, the art of questioning and go a little further than that. Um, first of all, I'm going to get to the heart of the matter quicker. I'm going to create a sense of urgency. Um, I don't have to tell you what you should and ought to do. Um, I just facilitate the process of asking questions so that you can draw your own conclusion. Um, today's buyers are too aware of a, uh, of a salesperson using external pressure. And so it's more of just facilitating through the conversation. And a big part of collaborative discovery is active listening. I always talk about the 70-30 rule. You should be listening 70% of the time 
and speaking 30% of the time. And typically when you're speaking in the discovery process, you're asking questions. But it's funny when uh, new sales reps get in the business and again, any vertical, right? Uh, they talk 70% of the time and listen 30 and they don't even know what they're talking about. And so uh, the minute you do some joint work and you go out with a wily veteran and you see that they're just cool and collective and listening and asking questions and drawing people out, you go, hey, this is actually easier than I thought it could be, but it takes a tremendous amount of patience. And uh, that's what collaborative discovery is. It's, it's something you do with someone and it's beyond just fact finding. It's getting to the heart and soul of, and in my world, you know, of, of the financial advisor world, it's getting to know what makes someone tick, their goals, their dreams, their fears. And if they're sharing things with you that they haven't shared with maybe their spouse, their attorney, their best friend, um, you know, there's a thing called consistency theory. I won't get into all that, but there's, there's more of a bond and more of a trust because they've shared that information with you. And that's, super important to do. And some of the top producers that I know are really good at listening and that art of questioning. And that's, that's really what we call collaborative discovery. And it's all about like building rapport, which, you know, given the landscape of the world and the fact that everything is still so remote and virtual, how you train people to build rapport with their clients or their prospects has changed so much. So what are you telling people that's different now, a year later, after we've been in this situation? Like, how are you training people on rapport building differently now? So, you know, now that we're in the second year of this, which you would have thought, uh, everybody's got their ring light and hopefully they have the head space on here. You're not seeing someone's head like this uh, when they get on a sales call <laughs> about the first six months of uh, how this went down. And it's funny when people ask me that because it's basically a lot of the same things. You're just doing it virtually now and you have to be aware of it. And I'll give you an example. Um, I heard a speaker say this recently is a lot of people, if you start to pay attention, they say negative things. They'll get on there and go, oh, the weather and all oh, this pandemic. And if you pay attention to this, about seven out of 10 people will start conversations with negative things in this virtual environment. So just be very aware of starting things on an upbeat note and a positive note um, is one thing. You know, I, one thing I've taught for years is rapport building techniques. And uh, one of those is meaningful small talk. And so, you know, people come in and they'll talk about, oh, the weather, the one trite thing we all have in common, the weather. But you can actually have meaningful small talk before you even get into questioning or discovery um, saying, hey, Cheryl, how did you end up you know, in London? Or I know you've got a background in marketing. How did you start with that? And so I'm just having a conversation. We're not into business or anything, but that's meaningful small talk. And, and one key that I'll do is let's say if you have multiple people uh, that are prospects that would get on, on a call and someone's running you know, a minute later. So I would go ahead and start finding out things about you. Hey, Cheryl, how long? Have you, been, have you been at marketing and tell me a little bit about your background so that it's not redundant when the other person gets on there who already knows that person. So you can start to do some of this meaningful small talk while you're waiting for their colleague to get on here so that you can start at a completely different level, not just getting that background information. So that's meaningful small talk. Another thing's called calculated pauses. So if you're sharing uh, intimate information with me or in the sales process, and all of a sudden there's a lag or a pause in the conversation. What you do, and this is really important in virtual environment, you don't break eye contact because it's gonna be awkward. It's gonna feel like a hundred years when it's really only five seconds. But what you do is you continue to look expectantly, like you're expecting them to continue. Don't break eye contact. If you break eye contact or look down, they're gonna expect you to ask the next question or whatever it might be. So look expectantly, get comfortable with the silence. And I'm telling you, 80% of the time, 
they will continue and they will continue with deeper information um, because you didn't break eye contact. That's called a calculated pause. One thing to do, especially in a virtual environment, you should do this early on until I learned it. If you push down on the table, if there's a silence and I push down with my thumb on my leg and just so that I'm aware, do not say anything because it is tough to do. Don't break eye contact, especially, especially virtually. And then they will start back. Now, if 10 seconds goes by, obviously you want to move on, but that's how you peel the onion back and get to the real stuff that they're sharing with you. And that's called a calculated pause. And just a, a one last one, because it's pretty effective. It's called comprehensive lead questions. So if you're in sales and you're going into different sections of a fact finder, what I might do is, um, and I'll just use, you know, my industry. Hey, Cheryl, next, I'd like to talk about retirement planning. I'd like to find out a little bit about uh, your thoughts on retirement, what you're currently doing for retirement and where you see yourself in the future with it. So what I'm doing is I'm giving you um, up front. Here are the things that we're about to talk about. And so I'm giving you a heads up on those things. And then I'm circling them back and asking the questions. Many times people will continue speaking into the next question without you having to ask that next one. And so it's not a tennis match back and forth. And the other thing it does, it builds rapport because now you've given me a roadmap of where we're heading and it reduces relationship tension, increases trust. That's called comprehensive lead questions. So as you get into certain, and you can even do it at the beginning of a meeting. Hey, thanks for your time today. You know, first of all, I like to find a little bit about your background. Then I like to find out what you're doing in these certain areas and X, Y, Z. And so I begin the conversation by setting out the roadmap. Again, comprehensively question, it builds rapport because it reduces relationship tensions. Pretty effective. That's that's interesting. And actually, it's it's a technique that we use when we try to train people on how to create their own video content. It's right up front. You want to make sure you let your audience know the various topics that you're going to cover so that they know what's coming up rather than expecting them to sit there and watch the entire thing. Um, and then you're, you're, uh, when you alluded to, you know, maybe avoid the question of weather. What's, what's interesting is I would say 90% of our clients are American. And so they all want to find out what's it doing in Canada? Is it snowing? Cause it's, you know, 78 degrees Fahrenheit here in, in Livermore, California. So the weather always comes up. Um, but I will say, and, and I think Rick, my co-host who, who couldn't make it today, but we'll both agree on the fact that we've built more of a rapport with our clients in this last year because of these virtual Zoom connections, where in the past, we would never really get in front of them necessarily, but we'd be on the phone, but we wouldn't see them. We didn't get into their houses. We didn't meet their children. We didn't meet their spouses. So I feel ironically, in the last year, more of a connection with all of our customers because of the fact that we've been able to see a little bit more into their life. Totally. And it's it's authenticity, right? Some people are worried about, oh, I don't have, a, I'm in our studio today, which, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, if you were at my home, uh, you know, some people will use the virtual backgrounds and things. And, and sometimes you have to do that. But this is a time for people to peer in and see. And if your kids walk up or things like that, people are cool with that. I mean, people yeah. are used to that. And you've got a lot of latitude and authenticity and transparency is, is a new premium, right? Especially in the world of, of sales and marketing. And what better time than the last year to be authentic, to be transparent, and, and it really makes a better connection with people. Absolutely. So part of the art of collaborative discovery that you just spoke about is something called the RPM questioning model. So can you walk us through that? Absolutely. So... RPM stands for R reality questions, 
P, pain gain questions, and M, magnification questions. So most salespeople are really good at asking reality questions. Again, that's the name rank serial number, getting the fact facts, right? And, um, and, and that's okay, getting someone's background and what they're currently doing about things or whatever. But you need to take that a step further and ask pain gain questions. And the way I kind of simplify pain gain questions, it helps identify where someone's actions, what they're doing today, is misaligned with their intentions, where they want to be in the future. Again, regardless of any industry. And so it's a little tougher to ask the pain gain questions, but I'm starting to identify gaps, whether it's in your planning or in anything, you name it. But the fact of the matter is just because people recognize that they have gaps doesn't mean that they're going to go and do something about it. Um, in particular, like in my world of financial services, right? Retirement planning's down the road, or it's not going to happen to me, whether it's critical illness or whatever it might be. So even though you identify gaps, and again, in any industry, um, doesn't mean people are going to go and do something about it. So the real sales masters take that conversation a step further, and they ask what I refer to as magnification questions. And what that does is I ask questions about the problem or gap we've identified, and I'm asking questions about the implications or the chain of ramifications that that gap is going to cause. And that's the courageous conversation. And it's just one or two additional questions. And again, it's not me putting external pressure on the prospect saying, you need to do this, you need to do this. I'm simply facilitating the conversation of asking questions that's giving you insight into your own issues. So it's uncomfortable and it takes courage you know, to, to have that conversation. I always say courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is the willingness to take action despite what you fear. And because you owe it to prospects and clients to have that courageous conversation, and that's called magnification questions. And it's not being taught very effectively, I find, across, um, you know, across uh, industries and things, but it's critically important. And if you go out and shadow top producers, they're really good at mag magnification questions and taking that conversation a step further. Mm. Um, before we wrap up, I have, I have a couple of quick questions around soft skills gap, because you recently wrote an article around this, and it's something that we talk about a lot, actually, on this marketing show. So when, when you reference... Um, the soft skills gap, what are, what are you speaking about specifically? So what's happened is, and this happens in a lot of industries, the last few years, companies out of necessity had to focus on technology training. They had to focus on compliance training and a lot of product manufacturing and things like that. And so soft skills has taken a back seat. Soft skills would be things like uh, emotional intelligence, empathy, listening, um, connecting with people. And so it's kind of taken a back seat. So soft skills are back in vogue, especially in a virtual environment, being able to demonstrate empathy, being able to actively listen, engage people and draw people out. And the interesting thing is, you know, today's, um, you know, millennials or Gen Z, great with technology, which makes it more efficient in a sales role, but they have not necessarily grown up being taught soft skills. And so there's a big disconnect or gap there and an opportunity to kind of bring younger sales professionals um, into the fold with technology and the efficiencies of that, whether it's Salesforce or whatever CRM you might be using. Those things are hugely important, but making sure that the soft skills are brought to the table, especially in a virtual environment, because people are longing to be heard. And I'll just you know finish with a quote, William James was, the father of American psychology. And he said in the 1800s, the deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be understood and appreciated. And so we all have this deep-seated psychological need to be understood and appreciated, yet in this fast-paced, 
high tech world, no one takes the time to understand and appreciate another person. So when you're actively listening, when you're asking questions about someone's situation and drawing them out, that's very unique. And, you know, part of this session is talking about how to differentiate yourself. And that's one way to do it. And people recognize differences, not similarities. So then what do you suggest leaders do right now, especially in, in an effort to close that gap? Yeah, one thing with that is you've got to put shelf space back on soft skills training. You can't assume that people come in knowing how to do those things. And it's a back to basics approach. All right. It's going back teaching people how to get favorable introductions, which is what we call referrals. Referrals has a negative connotation, so we call it favorable introductions, but having language to be able to pivot and get introduced on a favorable basis, teaching people how to engage. We know that 71% of consumers determine if they're gonna trust you by the end of the first meeting, but 29% determine in the first 10 minutes. So teaching people the language of trust and how to build rapport immediately. Of course, all that collaborative discovery stuff that we just mentioned, getting beyond just fact finding, but, but making sure not assuming that people know how to do those things, get back to basics and giving soft skills the shelf space that you would technology, compliance, and product. Excellent. Joey, thank you so much for coming on today. We could talk all day. In fact, we should have you back. Absolutely. Hey, thanks, Cheryl. It's great to see you. Thanks for having me. And uh, maybe we can philosophize offline afterwards. Or Absolutely. How can people get in touch with you? I know you're on LinkedIn. You're a huge advocate of LinkedIn, um, but people want to reach out and, and connect with you. How do they find you? Yeah, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always dropping nuggets on there for, again, for any uh, sales professionals. You can go to hoopus.com. Uh, we have like skill assessments on there for listening, fact finding, closing. Uh, go down, just download those, they're PDF files. Uh, check out uh, Trustworthy Selling. Uh, TrustworthySellingInfo.com is uh, our sales effectiveness program. And uh, those are probably the best ways to get in touch with me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again. Hope you and your family are doing well in Chicago. And uh, we'll definitely touch base in the future. And thank you to everybody for watching this marketing show. We'll see you next week.